Good morning once again, everyone. It's good to see you. Glad you guys made it out today. You guys could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to be here. So I thank you for that, and and uh, thank you for uh, the message that we have this morning. And uh, before we get started, let's let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. I thank you for the people that you brought here today, Lord God, and those that are watching. Lord, I just ask that uh, you remove me from, uh, from this equation today. May your message be spoken. May your word be heard, Lord God. Open up our minds and, and our hearts, Lord, so that your word can fall on fertile ground, Lord God. As we talk about the word faith today, Lord God, I just ask that uh, this will take hold, Lord, and that people will leave here changed. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're going to talk about the word faith. And um, over the past week, I've tried to define what faith truly is, but it's a hard word to define. It means so much, but yet it is so hard to put a simple definition on that word. Um, As most of you know, over the past two weeks, we've lost uh, two very faithful servants here at Calvary Chapel. Um, About two weeks ago, we lost... Uh, Mr. Battery, Bill Battery. If you're not familiar with him, he's the man that um, stood in front of Planned Parenthood for years trying to stop um, women from having abortions, trying to encourage them to save save their babies. Um, and he went to be with the Lord two weeks ago. Very faithful man. You can't do that job if you don't have faith. And also, um, most recently, we lost uh, Casey Becker, Um, and she too was a very, very faithful woman. She had more strength, um, through death than I see in a lot of people. She was very encouraging. She was very, just an example of what faith and strength is until her last day. And, um, and so I just wanted to just share with you guys what faith kind of means to me and, and what the Bible says faith is. And, and to go along with, with Casey is um, we're going to have her celebration of life tomorrow here at 10 o'clock. And uh, everybody's welcome to come. Please, uh, please join us. Uh, we're going to do a reception afterwards. We have, uh, it's going to be a potluck, potluck style. So just bring a side, bring a salad, a cookies, whatever, or bring nothing. Just uh, come and join us for that celebration. Um, but with that, I want to just talk about faith. And what is faith? What does faith look like? How do we know we're faithful? And why is faith so important? Um, what is faith? If we look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that's a a short definition, but I think faith can be described a lot different. Faith can be broken down into three different types in the Bible. We have the Old Testament faith, New Testament faith, and then faith in Christ. And why is it broken in, in three different places? Well, in our Bible, we have two major books, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. So our Old Testament faith is a Hebrew word. And that word is, I know I was going to mess it up. Emit, emit. That's that's Hebrew for faith. And uh, 
the word really doesn't have a definition in the Old Testament. It has more of a description. This is what faith is. This is what faith looks like. And uh, in the Old Testament, the ways we see faith is through key figures and Yahweh, right? Yahweh would speak to these key figures and they would do as he said. Uh, the first example I'd like to use today is Genesis 6, 14 through 22, and it's, it's Noah. And uh, God comes to Noah and tells him he wants him to build an ark. So let's, uh, let's read the scripture. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The height of the ark is 300 cubits. Its breach is 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above. And set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I will bring... Wow. Bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on earth shall die. So God comes to Noah and tells him, look, I need you to build an ark. Well, there was no arks then. Noah wasn't an ark builder. He was just faithful. He was just obedient to God's word. He didn't know how to do it. He didn't have the supplies. But through faith, he gave everything he had to build this ark. Anybody know how long it took to build the ark? Random numbers. Go ahead, buddy. 100 years. Yes, we talked about that last week. Good job. Um, so it took Noah over 100 years to build this ark. That's a lot of faith. Every day going out to build this huge, massive ship. For what reason, right? Because floodwaters were coming, because it was going to rain. Up until this time, it had never rained on earth. You got to remember, we still had the planet that God created, right, for Adam and Eve. So there had never been rain. So people were looking at Noah like he was, I don't know, crazy. How would we look at a guy who's building a humongous ship out in the middle of nowhere, right, for a hundred years? right? Of course, we would look at him crazy. But, uh, but God asked him to build it, and he was faithful, and he built it anyway. He went through ridicule and all kinds of other, um, you know, torment, uh, but he was faithful, and that is a clear definition of, of faith in the Old Testament. Noah was truly a description of faith. Another example I'd like to give you guys in the Old Testament is, is Abraham. In Genesis 12, 1 through 4, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in all the families of earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So Abraham lived a comfortable life, right? He, he lived with his family. He lived in a nice city. But again, the Lord came to him. The Lord came to him and told him, go, right? Move. Because of Abraham's faith, he did. 
Abraham was tested several other times, but um, how many of you are over the age of 75 that would go and just move out into the middle of nowhere? Not a lot of us, right? I wouldn't do it, and I'm not 75 years old, okay? But Abraham had that type of faith, right? He had that faith to do because he believed in God. And so Abraham went out. It wasn't always easy, right? But yet God blessed him. Abraham was told that he would have a child. He believed his wife was 100, and they still had that child. Abraham also had to sacrifice his son. Um, I don't have children, but I can understand that is a huge, huge step of faith, right? If God came and said, hey, I need you to go sacrifice your son, the one son you've been waiting for for 25 years, right? The one son that's supposed to give you descendants um, as many as the stars, Right? So you could see where there's some confusion here with, with Abraham. But he was faithful. He didn't question. He went. And the Lord provided. Right? The Lord provided an acceptable sacrifice for Abraham. Just another example of faith in the Old Testament. Uh, one more. Let's, let's look at Moses. Again, another key figure in the Bible that had tremendous faith. Right, a guy who started out as um, living in the, the Pharaoh's house, right? But as time went on, he learned that he was a Jew. And so um, under some unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances, Moses left, right? Moses went out to the desert for 40 years. But while he was out there, God put a call on his life as well, right? And without faith, he wouldn't be able to to do that. So in Exodus 3, verses 10 through 15, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring your people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So one, Moses was asked to do a, a huge thing, right? Take all the Jews out of Israel or out of Egypt, which they were all slaves, right? Pharaoh owned them. Pharaoh had huge armies wasn't something that was going to be easy, right? But through faith, God made it happen, right? We all, most of us know the story of the 10 plagues, right? And, and how God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And, and eventually, um, all the people did come out of Egypt. All the Jews were brought out of Egypt. And to continue in Exodus, it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who was he, right? Who are we? Who was Noah, right? Who was Abraham? Well, they were just believers of God, right? Who had tremendous faith. Same with us. You know, what can we do with, with faith? What has God done with you through faith? Where has he taken you through faith? Right? Where can he take you? Where will he take you with faith? Verse 12, it says, he said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent to you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Again, God's given him all the instructions, right? We just have to have faith, 
right? Was Noah asking him, well, how am I going to feed these people? No. Was no one asking him, was Moses asking him, how am I going to clothe these people? How are we going to transport these people? How are we going to move these people? No, he just had faith in God, knowing that God is going to provide, right? Knowing that God had promised him that things were going to work out. One of the things about God's promises is that God can't lie, right? So all God's promises are true. Um, and as you look at those, um, remember that. Remember to reinforce your faith. This week, um, I hope that this sermon will, will just enlighten you, will help you to look at faith in a different way. You know, especially with all the stuff that's going on in the world, how often do you hear the word faith on TV or in the news or on your social media, right? But yet, that word is so important to a Christian, right? Without faith, what are we? What are we as Christians without faith in Jesus? Right? We're, we're nothing. And so I just want you guys to hopefully get a better understanding of faith, get a new uh, desire for faith, and to uh, just turn up your faith. I wish there was a phone on my app so I could judge my own faith, right? Because there's days where I know that maybe my faith is, is leaning one way or the other. Um, to be honest with you, this week has been one of the craziest weeks I've had in a long time. Um, I coach baseball. I love baseball. I love to help young men um, learn some skills, learn about hard work, learn about respect. And uh, this week it was difficult. We have very little players on our team. We had to get rid of a player. Um, first time I've ever had to do that. But through it all, I had faith in God. I knew that he was going to get, get us through this, get me through this, get, let this week um, just be his. You know, if we try to control all our circumstances and we try to be the master of our own destiny, seldomly does it work out, right? But when we set back and let God have control, he can do marvelous things, right? He can build an ark in the middle of nowhere, Right? And fill it with every animal on earth. All because of a little bit of faith. Right? So Moses, going back to Moses, right? He was confronted by a bush, right? The burning bush. How many of us would talk to a burning bush? What would most of us do? Be honest. Jared would run. I'm just pretty sure he would run. I would run. Um... It'd just be a weird thing, right? But yet Moses had faith to stay there and to listen, right? Just because he had that belief in God. Um, he had so much belief, he took those people out of Egypt. And as soon as he took them out, what happened? He gets cornered against the Red Sea, right? And all the Jews are, are complaining, what, you brought us out here so we could die? Moses said, no, have faith, right? And what did he do? He grabbed his staff and he was able to part the Red Sea, part a body of water, because he had faith, right? Those are the same things God calls us to do, right? Are we ever going to be able to part a body of water? Maybe not, but can we share our faith with others? Can we share our experience with Jesus with others? Can we help others to know what faith in God really is? Of course. And to that person, 
that is splitting waters, right? To that person, that means more than anything, right? I, uh, the person that introduced me to God, I am very thankful for that person, right? They changed my life. And so, um, so as we, uh, as we look at the Old Testament examples of faith, I just want to, um, just remind you and just repeat that the basic idea of faith in the Old Testament, it's a complex idea, but it is better described than defined, right? So when we look at faith, we look at people's actions, what they did, how they did it, and just the, the marvelous things that they were able to accomplish, right? And one more, we're going to look at Micah 6.8. God has told you what is good and what it is that the Lord asks of you. Only to ask justly, to love loyalty, to walk wisely before God. Right? Those are the things that God asks us to do. To have faith. Right? Have faith in the Lord. And in the Old Testament, and the reason I break these up is just because their world was different than ours. Right? Back in the Old Testament, they didn't worship Jesus. Jesus hadn't been on the scene yet. Yeah, Jesus was part of the Old Testament. Right? Jesus has always been there. But they worshiped Yahweh, God, right? The huge, just enormous uh, being of God itself. And so as we uh, transition into the New Testament, um, it's a different type, of, different type of faith, a different type of relationship. Um, again, the New Testament is written, written in Greek. So the word is different than the word in Hebrew, Right? And uh, the word in Greek for faith is, I've got to be careful with this one, pistis. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Okay, you've got to be careful with it. Pistis. And it's, it's usually used as a noun. Uh, and uh, it can mean loyalty, duty, or a person. Um, fidelity to one's promise. Sincerity. Belief and trust in and loyalty to God. Firm belief in something. Complete trust. Reliance upon and trust in God, which is the central emphasis of Christianity. Right? There's a lot of examples of faith in the New Testament. But faith as a verb can also have a close relationship with the word believe. So when we're looking at faith, it's more of a trust and believe and do. Um, and when I think of New Testament scriptures about faith, I always think about faith as a mustard seed, right? Because it's so small. And for me, I can, I can do small, right? I, it's hard for me to look at Noah and say, wow, I want faith like that because that's huge, right? But when I see a mustard seed, I can, I can do that, right? And the thing with the mustard seed, and I think why Jesus used it is because it's so small and it can grow so big. Um, so let's look at Matthew seventeen twenty, And he said, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now if we look at the context of Matthew 17, 20, and what was going on during that time, they were actually on the mountain of transfiguration, right? Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he was telling them what he wanted them to do and, and uh, how he wanted to go see these people. 
Well, the disciples were unable to heal one of the boys. And so the father came back to Jesus and said, your disciples were unable to, to heal this guy, uh, to heal my son. Um, can you heal him? And Jesus said, of course. And so Jesus healed him. And then he went back to the disciples and said, ye of little faith, right? You guys' faith wasn't enough to take out this, to take out this demon and heal him. And so that's where he gives them this, this verse, you know, um, to have faith as a mustard seed and to use that to grow and grow and grow. I had some pictures. Um, so a mustard tree can grow up to be 30 feet tall and 30 feet wide. And yet the mustard seed fits in between our two little fingers. And so when we have faith like that, just a tiny bit, God can use that to grow, 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 grow until the point of one day maybe we have faith close to Noah or Abraham or, or Moses or, or any of these guys. And so uh, another description of faith in the New Testament um, is blind faith, just straight out blind faith. And, and when we talk about that, I think about Saul and his transformation from Saul to Paul. And so if we go to Acts 9, uh, 1 through 10. A lot of us are familiar with this story where we have this guy named Saul, right? He is very educated in the Old Testament. He knows the laws. He knows the religion of the Old Testament. And he's upset with... Jesus and his followers. Why? Because he feels like Jesus and his followers are disrespecting the Bible, disrespecting God. He feels that they're phonies, right? And so he's going to do everything in his power to get rid of these people. At this point, Jesus had already been crucified, so Jesus was gone. But his disciples and his followers were starting Christianity, right? They're out there starting this new thing. And and so Saul wants to stop it. He has all the power. He has all the authority to do so. And so he's on his uh, way to Damascus. And what happens? He gets blinded, right? Blinded by the Lord. So let's read. Acts 9, verses 1 through 10. But Saul, still breathing, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for a letter to the synagogues at Damascus. So that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound back to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you're to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voices, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight. He neither ate or drank. So we have this man... To me, Saul seemed like an angry guy. He wanted to destroy, right, the, the beginning of the church, 
right? And so Jesus blinded him. Saul sat in, in this room for three days, blinded, and only left there with his thoughts, right? And then uh, the verse continues on where uh, Ananias, one of followers of Jesus, is told by the Lord to put hands on Paul. But Ananias knows, knows this guy, right? He's heard stories of this guy named Saul going around beating Christians, trying to throw him in jail, trying to get rid of him, right? But Ananias had faith too, right? He had faith in the Lord. He was obedient, and he did as the Lord said. So he went and he laid hands on Paul, and uh, Paul regained his sight to be used as an instrument of the Lord, right? And Paul is probably one of the greatest evangelists, uh, missionaries, church planners that we have in the New Testament, you know. Both guys had faith. Paul started the very opposite road, right? But through faith, he was transformed into something amazing, right? In the, in the Old Testament, we see believers of God do amazing things. In the New Testament, we see people get transformed into amazing people to do amazing stuff. Another thing I'd like to point out is supernatural faith. Um, if we look at Matthew 14, 27, this is where um, Peter walks on water because of his faith. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if, it's, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So before this, Right? There's a storm. Jesus tells his, uh, they just get done feeding the 5,000. So Jesus tells his disciples, go, I'll catch up. Disciples go, and they're on the Sea of Galilee. Um, if you ever get to go to Israel, it's, it's amazing when you see the Sea of Galilee because it's like in the middle of this bowl. So the landscape is kind of like this bowl, and then there's the sea, and anytime a storm comes, you can see it roll in and just kind of drop down. So the storms there are pretty, pretty violent, pretty, uh, pretty impactful. And so storms come in, and, and they, see, they see what they think is a ghost out on the Sea of Galilee, right? And uh, good old Peter, Peter may have been a lot of things, but Peter had a lot of faith, right? Peter knew who Jesus was. And so uh, Peter said, hey, if that's you, um, I want to come out there with you, right? And so Peter took that first step. What happened with that first step? It was solid, right? Because he had faith. He wasn't thinking about everything else that was around him at that time, right? He was focused on God and God alone. It was just him and God, right? He took that one step, Bam, solid ground, even though he was on water, okay? But what happened once he let all the other distractions of the world get in? He lost that vision. He lost that focus on God, and he started to sink, right? Don't let that be you, okay? Keep that focus on God. Keep that faith in the Lord. 
he will see you through everything, right? If he can let a knucklehead like Peter walk on water, what can he do with you, right? And it was all because of faith. It was nothing Peter did other than believe, right? It was just the faith alone that got him through. Now we're going to look at another example of faith. And this one is the one that's closest to us, which I believe is the most important. And that's faith in Christ. Okay, we can look at all these other people. We can, we can look at the Bible and there's tons of stories. There's tons of things talking about faith. But what is faith in Christ? Right? Yeah, we can have faith in the word. We can have faith in um, our pastor or our church. But faith in Christ is, is something individual, right? It's something that you can do. Um, my wife and I can read the Bible and we can pray, but her faith in Christ is, is her responsibility, right? My faith in Christ is my responsibility. And um, so let's just look at a little bit of this real quick. Um, so faith in Christ, the Greek word is pistis Christos. Okay, and that means faith whose object is Christ. So our faith is Christ. It is in Christ. If we look at Mark 5, 34, it says, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And he healed her of her disease. Now her faith wasn't in that he would heal her. Her faith was just in him. Right? Her faith was just in Jesus. Not everything else, not all the things that come with it, but it was just a simple faith, like a mustard seed, in Jesus, in who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Right? There's churches open all around the Magic Valley, and you could go to different ones, and their Jesus isn't the same as our Jesus. Right? One of the important things about faith is who is our Jesus? Right? Our Jesus is the Jesus of the Bible, right? The Jesus that d died and rose again. Okay? That's the Jesus we need to have faith in. Let's look at Romans 3, uh, 22. And it says, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. There's only one, Right? Our faith belongs to him. Our faith goes to him. And with that, we can accomplish much. Not only can we accomplish much, but he has a lot in store for us as well, right? When our time comes to an end, there's only two doors, right? We're either going up or we're going down. We're going to heaven or we're going to hell. And our faith is that key factor, right? What is our faith like? Like I said, if I had that app and I, that app on my phone, the faith meter, what would, what would your faith meter read, right? What would your grade of faith be if you were to grade yourself on faith today? You know, and I'm not here to um, judge anybody. I don't want anybody to um, be upset. I just want to um, just bring faith to the forefront. Right? Because it is so important and it can be lost and it can be pushed to the side, right? Especially in today's uncertain times with all the craziness that we have going on. We can't even figure out if we should wear a mask or not wear a mask, 
right? Some people say wear it. Some people say don't. Um, but one thing is for sure is, is our faith in God, right? Our faith in Jesus. Let's continue on. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And this is all by faith, right? We've been justified by faith. It's nothing that we do, right? We can do works all day long, every day. We can build an ark for 100 years, right? But it's all by faith is where, our, is where we are justified. Through faith, we are saved, right? That's why faith is such a big word. Where is your faith? Where does your faith come from? What is your faith in? Right? Do you find your faith in your bank account? Do you find it in the shiny things that you own? Do you find it elsewhere? Um, hopefully, your faith is in God because that will never change, right? Markets go up and down. The dollar goes up and down. Shiny things rust, but God's glory, his kingdom never changes. Let's go on to Galatians 2, 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have belief in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. We can't do enough works, right? We're not good people, right? We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. But through faith, we are justified because of Jesus, right? That's in Jesus type of faith. That's where we need to live, right? That's where we need to be. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is, not, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I threw this one in because a lot of times, especially now when, when things are uncertain, um, we have a lot of worries, right? We have a lot of fears. But one thing faith can do is faith can confront fear, right? Faith can um, overcome fear. And faith uh, will do those things, right? Um, but we just have to believe. We have to have that faith. It goes on to Galatians 3.22. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Yes, we're going to sin. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. But guess what? Our faith in Jesus gets rid of all those things, right? Our belief in Jesus forgives us of our sins. And with that, we will have... Uh, 
have everlasting life with him in heaven. And that's why, um, yes, it's sad that we lose people. Yes, it's sad we lost um, two great faithful saints. But I have no doubt where they're at. I have no doubt that they're dancing in heaven. You know what I mean? I have no doubt that their pain is gone. There's no doubt in my mind that they are experiencing something that we can only imagine. You know, and that's why... um, that's why tomorrow's celebration of life, um, yes, it's, it's tragic, but at the same time, we know where, we know where Casey's at, right? We know that uh, she's with her father in heaven. Let's look at Ephesians 3, verses 11 through 12. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. It's our faith, right? What happens if we don't have faith? Does God still love us? Does God still want us? Of course. But we have to make that effort. We have to make that step towards him. Does he bring us towards him? He can very much so. He brought me towards him, right? But where is your faith? At the end of the day, where is your faith? Philippians 3, 9. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but, with, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Righteousness from God that depends on faith. Again, we can look the part, we can talk the part, we can do all those things, but without faith in him, it's nothing, right? Let's look at one more scripture, 1 John 5, 4. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So when we're living and we're looking and we're trying to decide what we're going to do, are we of the world or are we of Jesus? Are we, are of, are we of the word or are we of the world? And that all depends on where our faith is. What, uh, what direction is our faith and where do we put our faith? Um, Pastor Chuck Smith has a has a great quote. He says, faith is the key to a successful Christian life. And I couldn't agree more, right? Without faith, we can't have a Christian life. Can we have a Christian life with a small amount of faith? Yes. But what does that Christian life look like with a lot of faith, right? We just had to give that faith to God, right? Believe in Christ, faith in Christ. Let him grow that small mustard seed into that giant tree, right? Let him do the work. It's not what we do, right? He already paid the price. It's us that um, need to put a little work towards faith. And with that, um, we'll just conclude today's sermon. Uh, I know it was short and sweet, but I wanted to uh, just focus on faith and hopefully... um, leave you guys something to to think about something to um talk about 
definitely something to share, right? Share your faith. Share your faith with others. I know it's not always the easiest thing to do, but think about that person on the other end of that conversation, right? Somebody shared their faith with you, right? Or else you wouldn't be sitting in the seat. Now it's your turn to share that faith with somebody else. Let's join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we do thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for your son. We thank you for faith. We thank you for fellow believers, Lord God, and we thank you for just the examples um, that we can see all throughout Scripture and, and throughout, uh, throughout our church and just throughout the nation, Lord. I do, I do want to lift up the nation to you, Lord, as we are in uh, uncertain times. Lord, I pray that our faith does not wave. Lord, I pray that our faith stays on you. I pray that you strengthen our faith. Lord, I pray that you give us just undeniable faith, a faith that can be seen, Lord God, a faith that can be felt. Lord, I do just uh, lift up this body to you. I lift up those that are up in the woods, Lord. I, I just pray that... Uh, Today's message will, will be found on fertile soil, that maybe uh, somebody will get something out of this and, and that your word will not return void. Lord, I do pray that as we leave these doors today, Lord, that, that faith will reign through us, Lord, that faith will uh, be built in us and that you will give us the strength, the ability, the courage to share our faith with others. In Jesus' name, amen.